In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. A police officer is recovering and a suspect is dead following an officer-involved shooting in Hager Township on Monday. Michigan State Police tell us it happened in the 43,000 block of Bundy Road at around 1230 yesterday afternoon. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department and the Coloma Township Police Department responded to a domestic situation at a home and arrived to find the 40-year-old suspect was armed. While outside the home, he opened fire on police, hitting a Coloma Township officer once. The officer is now in stable condition, and state police say it looks like he will recover. The suspect was killed, and an autopsy is planned. As requested by the Bering County Sheriff's Office, the Michigan State Police have now taken over the investigation and will refer their findings to the prosecutor. The Bering County Sheriff's Department is asking for the public's help in finding a missing person. It says 49-year-old Kelly Lee Gravitt of Cassopolis went missing on Saturday. He was last seen walking away from a medical facility in Berrien Township at around 8.45 Saturday. The medical facility is in the 6400 block of Deans Hill Road. The Sheriff's Department says any information that could lead to Gravitt's whereabouts is crucial. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Berrien County Sheriff's Department. We have a photo of the missing man at our website, wsjm.com. Brooke Thomas is the new mayor of the city of St. Joseph. On Monday night, the city commissioners elected last week took their seats on the commission and they held an organizational meeting. First order of business was selecting one of their own to serve as mayor. Commissioner Michelle Binkley nominated Thomas and there was quick action. Commissioner Ulrich? Yes. Commissioner Fernandez? Yes. Commissioner Binkley? Yes. Commissioner Sorolla? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. The motion passes. Congratulations, Mayor Thomas. With Thomas now mayor, the next task was to select a mayor pro tem. Thomas nominated Commissioner Binkley, and the vote in support was unanimous. Mayor Thomas told us after the vote she looks forward to getting to work on city priorities. I am ecstatic to be serving as mayor for the next two years. I'm really excited to see what all we can accomplish with this new commission. I think we're going to do a lot of new and exciting things for the city. As mayor, Thomas said she will focus on completing key infrastructure projects, managing city funds responsibly, and working with nearby communities. Lone incumbent in last week's commission elections, she received the most votes of any of the six candidates for three seats. Also elected were Tess Ulrey to a four-year term and Michael Fernandez to a two-year term. Former Mayor Laura Goose spoke to commissioners during the meeting and said all of the winners are remarkable and she can't wait to see what they do for the city. The city of Benton Harbor has marked a second year of meeting state and federal standards for lead in the water. Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy says the most recent testing for lead in the city's drinking water shows lead levels remain at one part per billion, well below the state and federal limit of 15 parts per billion. Additionally, this week will also mark the completion of galvanized iron service line replacement as a handful of remaining galvanized lines will be replaced over the next few days. The last known lead service line in Benton Harbor was replaced last May. Eagle says there are no longer any homes or businesses in the city known to be connected to lead service lines. Meanwhile, Eagle staff are continuing to work with the Benton Harbor water plant to make further improvements there. Governor Gretchen Whitmer in October of 2021 committed the state to removing roughly 4,500 lead service lines across Benton Harbor. The effort was finished ahead of schedule. Taking place all week long at Rogers Foodland in St. Joseph is 97.5 Y Country's 27th annual Stuff-A-Truck Food and Fundraiser. 
Y Country's Paul Landecker tells us the event supports the Southwest Michigan Community Action Agency. We work together again with the community to restock the pantry at the Southwest Michigan Community Action Agency. So we're looking for non-perishable foods. We're looking for personal care items, toothbrushes and combs and shampoo and those kinds of things. Landecker says the Y Country crew will be at Rogers Foodland each day from 6 to 6 through Friday and then on Saturday from 10 to noon and they make a big difference with each drive. It grows each and every year. Last year we raised nearly $40,000 and about five trucks full of food. Landecker says everyone is invited to stop by to either drop off items from their home, buy items and donate them at Rogers, or make a cash donation. The items collected can keep the food pantry going for six months. You can also make a donation online. South Haven Area Emergency Services responded to a house fire on Monday. It happened at a two-story home on County Road 380 near 58th Street in Geneva Township at around 12.15. Chase says water had to be shuttled to the scene, but the fire was contained to just one section of the building. There were no injuries, and the Red Cross responded to the scene to aid residents. Also responding to the scene were the Columbia Township and Bangor Township Fire Departments. Michigan Association of Counties held its annual conference event in Kalamazoo recently, marking the first time in 20 years it's been held in southwest Michigan. In attendance were Berrien County Commissioners Riante Bell, Mamie Yarbrough, Terry Freeling, Jim Curran, Dave Volrath, and Julie Werfel. Bell tells us a key topic of discussion was opioids. During the breakout session that I attended, we talked about genfentanyl and a very dangerous drug out there and, and some of the efforts and initiatives that we're taking to combat the widespread of fentanyl laced in a different number of drugs. Bell sits on the Southwest Michigan Behavioral Health Substance Abuse Disorder Oversight Board. He says the discussions at the conference in Kalamazoo produced some ideas for fighting the fentanyl crisis. Such as providing distribution of some of the Narcan kits, basically increasing the dosage of Narcan provided in those kits. Commissioners also attended sessions on road funding, collective bargaining, early voting, artificial intelligence, the affordable housing crisis, and increasing the population in Michigan. Bell says it was a good opportunity to meet fellow commissioners from all over the state and hear about changes coming from Lansing. Jim Story of Allegan County was selected as the MAC board president and spoke to attendees about the four-year terms that all county commissioners in Michigan will now be serving, calling it an exciting prospect. Michigan groups advocating for a minimum wage increase and paid leave say they will finally see their day in court next month. Petitioners are expected in Michigan Supreme Court following the Michigan legislature's 2018 adoption of a citizen-initiated petition mandating paid sick time. An adopt-and-amend approach taken by the legislature altered provisions in the original law. Chris White, director of Restaurant Opportunities Centers of Michigan, says the legislation is unconstitutional but remains optimistic Michigan's high court will rule in favor of Michiganders who need the benefits most. We feel hopeful that the court will rule in favor of both adopted amendments as well as the minimum wage question. The time has lost the wage will probably increase to about $13.65 an hour, but we have to be able to pay our workers more. Other Michigan groups like the One Fair Wage have proposed an increase in the minimum wage to $15 an hour by the year 2027. The current minimum wage is $10.10 an hour and is due to increase to $10.33 an hour under current law. 
The Michigan Senate Transportation and Infrastructure Committee is hearing testimony this week on legislation that would allow for the use of safety cameras to monitor the speeds of vehicles driving through road construction zones. Michigan Department of Transportation Chief Engineer Greg Brunner speaking on MDOT's podcast to explain how the cameras will work. What it would do is capture those speeds and then the license plate itself and then compile them into a database. Um, With that, then, they were able to not only show statistics of the number of speeders through the work zone on any given day or time frame, but then they would utilize that data back at the office to go through and actually potentially write citations as a result of those people speeding through the work zones. A test of the cameras was successfully executed in Grand Rapids. Drivers could retroactively get citations for speeding in work zones. And Michigan has more apples than it can eat. So to help spread the wealth, the U.S. Department of Agriculture is buying $100 million worth of Michigan apples and will use them as fruit to help feed hungry Americans. United States Senator Debbie Stabenow said she urged the USDA to make the purchase, saying Michigan's farmers are the best in the world. We're one of the most agriculturally diverse states and one of the nation's largest producers of apples. Because record-breaking crops and a significant surplus of apples are threatening to destabilize the market for farmers on orchards across Michigan, she urged the USDA to buy the apples that they need from Michigan farmers. Michigan is the country's third-largest producer of apples, with more than 14.9 million apple trees on over 34,500 acres across 775 family farms. According to the Michigan Agricultural Cooperative Marketing Association, Michigan apple growers have produced a record crop for the second year in a row. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.